0: This is Patrick Daly and welcome to Interlinks. Interlinks is a program about international business, supply chains and globalization and the effects these have had on the way we work, play and live over recent decades. There's a little bit of history, a dash of economics, a sprinkling of business, and an overlay of personal experience both for me and for my interviewees from around the world. In today's program, uh, we will be talking to Richie O'Flynn, the Commercial Director of South Coast Logistics based in Firmoy County Cork, here in Ireland. Uh, South Coast is a specialist logistics services provider with a particular focus on the thriving food and pharmaceutical industries in Ireland, and has niche capabilities in waste logistics and chemicals and petrol logistics uh, as well and uh, the company operates an extensive fleet of trucks chassis road tankers fuel tankers tank containers walking-floor trailers and curtain-siders. The logistics services sector in Ireland is one that has grown and prospered as the Irish economy has modernized and internationalized over the last 40 to 50 years. And today it's playing an essential role in keeping the economy supplied and running through COVID and Brexit. It's also a sector that is set for change and innovation as the world looks forward to the post-COVID period and new challenges and opportunities. So welcome Richie and thanks very much for being here with us today.
1: Thank you very much, Pat. A pleasure uh, to be with you. And thank you very much for the invite.
0: You're very welcome. So um, South Coast Logistics, Richie, is a family uh, company. So what is its history and what has been your own role and progress in the company over over the years?
1: Yeah, I suppose uh, South Coast was formed by our father Coleman um, uh, in 1975. Uh, it's in, currently in the second generation as a family-run company. Um, it, uh, I suppose I joined it coming back from college in 1993, many many years ago now, um, when we had about 10 vehicles. So we've progressed from there to over a fleet of 80 vehicles and numerous uh, equipment and to complement those, uh, as you mentioned earlier on in your intro. And um, when uh, I joined, I suppose we joined as, as planners, uh, we, we came up uh, uh, with a great work ethic um, enforced by our, our, our mum and dad uh, mm-hmm. in regards to uh, everything we do. Um, and we always look outside the box. So uh, they also gave us that little bit of an entrepreneurial flair uh, that we look for opportunities anywhere. So I moved from planning, then planning those trucks and then building up on, on the fleet to operations, then eventually putting more structure into the company. Because I suppose when you are self-employed, be it your own company, but still to a degree self-employed, um, you uh, try and look for to see the wood for the trees, if, if mm-hmm. I say it that way. And so we had to look outwards uh, to learn our, our experiences. And as opposed to being implied by someone and then bringing back that experience back into the company. Um, there's good and bad for that, but I suppose that's the, the drawback in a family-run company because you have to look outside for expertise to come back in. So we did that through better structure within the company, putting in more directors uh, outside the off-lens onto the board uh, to bring us that structure. And eventually I, I found my, my home in a, in a commercial director where I am at the moment. And that's not to say where that's where I'll stay. We'll, we'll progress and there's a lot more to do. Um, I suppose when we started uh, in 1996, uh, the Waste Management Act came out and uh, that we read it from front to back. Uh, we have three shareholders, three brothers inside in the business and uh, one of our brothers, Patty, he um, read the Waste Management Act from front to back. But the, the key thing in it was that waste uh, must, uh, hazardous waste, that's, I should say hazardous waste a, yeah yeah exactly held in a licensed facility so there wasn't anything like that um at, the, at that time in ireland uh, ireland was very much in its, in its infancy with regard to its treatment of its waste and that's both municipal domestic uh, hazardous uh, agriculture and so on and so forth uh we've come an awful long way in that but there's an awful lot more to do to improve it Um that said uh we're going back to We decided to create the first actually hazardous waste transfer station licensed facility by the EPA, who is a new body on the scene as well, uh, instilled by the the government at that time. Um, We did that. Uh, We did that with a joint venture with a company called AVR uh, in the botleck in Holland, um, and it worked uh, really, really well. Um, So from year 2000 when it started to 2008 we actually ended up controlling or, or servicing i should say 65 um, percent of the hazardous waste industry here in ireland and um, so that was a, a big uh, i suppose ramp up from where we were in the 2000 to the 2008 when we sold the business to um, uh, to veolia but the, our, uh, that
0: was the, the waste division you sold to that a, was just the
1: waste division yeah. exactly just the actual waste uh, transfer station which south coast had a shareholding in um, but our fleet then grew exponentially to, to mm-hmm. cater for that customer that we had created.
0: yeah, I noticed uh, when I was looking at your your fleet, the fleet is very diverse in the different types of um, equipment that you have so would would you say that you guys are kind of specialized you you compete in certain niches where maybe other people have difficulty competing and you you, you work a lot with the multinationals, right?
1: We do, yeah. A lot of our customers uh, in the main are blue-chip customers. Um, to that degree, like you said, our, our equipment will be very specialized. So there's a, quite a high capital outlay uh, to look uh, at this type of business. Where We tend to, st- to stay out of the general uh, transport or haulage market. Uh, we deal with customers that uh, concentrate on their selling of their own goods or disposal of products. Uh, and then we provide that link that last final link that uh, they don't have to actually worry about. Hmm. Uh, and the course comes with
0: that. So what are, the, what are the kind of key areas where you want to be doing business? What kind of um, materials or logistics are we talking about where you see you guys have the real strength?
1: Well, I suppose every chemical. Um, we have, there's, there's nine different classes of chemicals, and the only two that we don't transport or deal with are radioactive active materials uh, are explosives. So okay. everything from gas to prime materials, uh, prime materials meaning um, acids, alkali-based materials, caustic, sodium mm. hypochloride the chlorine smell you get in the pool, mm. for example, to, to bring it back to simplicity. Um, then of course, you've got lots of solvents that so were go into the pharmaceutical industry, which we would transport and collect at the port, transport, bring to the actual uh, uh, facility. Uh, discharge it so there's a specific capability within that okay. um, and all and those the- then mixtures produce waste and that waste then must be taken out again in a yeah. safe compliant manner.
0: And the need. facilities you have now, you have the uh, the Fermoy facility but have you also opened one in Dublin?
1: We have, uh, we were always in Dublin Port but now we moved out to a, a new facility in ballycoolan we purchased okay. a new 10 acre site in ballycoolan so we've big plans for, for Dublin uh, we feel that's the, the major growth area for South Coast going forward in the future. Um, and we also uh, will be opening a new facility in Ringaskiddy, because Cork Port uh, is in the process uh, of moving from inner city Tivoli uh, down to the deep water berth in uh, Ringaskiddy.
0: Yeah. That's, the, that's the, uh, the container port, is
1: it? That's the container port, exactly. Yeah. 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 So that then will, will be the main focus in the Cork area for all your uh, imports and exports.
0: Okay. And how has, how has the company been coping through the COVID pandemic? So what kind of challenges has it thrown up or what kind of opportunities has it presented? Because it may well have presented opportunities as well.
1: Uh, certainly, I suppose, uh, certainly the COVID has, has changed an awful lot of things. One thing, certainly I noticed before even going to uh, the rigors of, of, of how we dealt with it, one thing I've noticed actually is uh, uh, customers are, I wouldn't say less demanding, they're more, very more patient. patience has come into the as a society at large yeah yeah you see that all over (laughs) it it, it actually we're all in it together and you know if I could draw an anomaly between a storm that none of us really are affected by it's out at sea the ship doesn't come in customers still needs their product and and uh, we're there to get get it to them but somewhat our hands are tied some on some occasions and so uh, patients can run out then but with this one everybody's in it together and and, and the home uh, work um situation has i suppose affected everyone in that aspect yeah. going back to ourselves uh, we we uh, and that's just uh, just a remark on society as, as a whole but to ourselves of course we have our own COVID officer uh, our hr manager has dealt with uh, They hold the weekly meetings uh, and we go on to many different sites uh, patrick so uh, their job is to ensure that all our Drivers are aware of the specific requirements in each different site. So like we could be visiting over 250 sites uh, just for pharmaceuticals. Then we've got farms where we collect over 110 million litres of milk annually. And we bring those from 164 different farms to a processing plant. Mm. Uh, So there's a number of vehicles on those um, nearly up to 22 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, so that's a big operation. And, and those people then within our organization keep all our drivers safe, be it with the PPE we provide them, uh, sanitization, now masks and so on, uh, to ensure that uh, when they go out and they limit their interactions. But certainly, of course, uh, it's for anything from a door handle to Uh, anything can uh, spread this virus so that's where our team comes in and they've done a a Trojan work a Trojan job Mm. so far
0: Mm. And what kind of uh, changes do you see staying with us say in the way we live, the way we work the way we play, when the pandemic is eventually over, whenever that is (laughs) Yeah, it's a
1: good point, it's a good point actually we, uh, a number of years ago um, we were a transport manager and a number of years ago he said "Look, he, he was thinking about going back to Poland and we said, "Oh, look, have we have we just lost a, a good man?" Um, and uh, then COVID came, yeah. and if he stepped inside the office ten to twelve times in the entire year since March, it's an awful lot. So it proved immediately that he could do his job yeah. from home. Um, and he shipped out yesterday. Would you believe? So okay. hopefully, uh, the next time I'm talking to you, we'll have a Polish office. <laughs> yeah that, yeah, uh, yeah yeah look uh, you know there therein lies the the opportunities that uh, it presents ourselves you know if that happened five years ago we would said would we have said i don't know but we could have easily said you know thanks very much
0: yeah. you know, i think it's opened Alicia. people's eyes as to what is possible hasn't it in a way Absolutely. things that we used to think weren't possible now we know they are because we were forced to do it
1: yeah. And I, I think a lot of people would have blamed broadband and like the speed of it, but they never sat down to actually yeah. uh, get on with it. We were forced here as a world now to get on with it. Yeah. Uh, and it's working, you know? Yeah.
0: And has, has Brexit been a factor for, for the business in terms of challenges and opportunities uh, or for your clients? Or do you just have a personal opinion on the whole thing? And what, 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 where do you think um, ultimately it's going to leave things? Well, for Ireland, I, right.
1: I think, first of all, I'll try and keep my personal opinion out of it for the past. you be here all day. Um, but uh, n- no, I, I, look, it's, it's. I think, you know, when World War II starts in 1930s, it a phony war, uh, the first year nearly. Uh, yeah. We're in that phony uh, period, I think, at the moment. Um, there'll be a lot more fallout from it. Uh, we've seen little captions of it uh, with regard to the industry, Uh, Thankfully, we don't do uh, land bridge across into the UK and then onto Europe. Mm. Uh, We would bring our containers, our tank containers and such, like to the actual ship, lift it off like Lego blocks and they're put into the ship exactly like that, like like Lego blocks. So we've had additional paperwork. Mm. Yes, okay. Um, Our our customers and exporters usually uh, do all that. We haven't really seen any massive delays at Dublin Port um uh, but that said uh any delays are caused by paperwork Mm. Uh, and i think the groupage probably sector has probably hit the worst in regards to you know having two different you know 200 different uh, items a one consignment uh, and then one element of it causing trouble fix that element and then number 126 causes you trouble so you're back to square one again so you know there there is going to be difficulties in it um It's a shame it had to happen Mm. um, because, uh, you know, any red tape is not good for any business. Yeah. An yeah. Society.
0: So. yeah. No, I've been talking to clients of mine, particularly in the in the food business, who have been facing lots of issues. Um, sending stuff to the UK, bringing it back to Ireland, sending stuff uh, to the continent through the UK. And, you know, it's uh, it's all going to come out kind of in the wash over a period of time. Um,
1: yeah, I think so. I, like for for one example, like, uh, this morning now on one of our meetings, we, I knew one of our vehicles was heading to Scotland with with prime. Uh, hydrochloric acid Um, and we were uh, they were telling me he was running for a ship for as in driving towards the ship uh, and if he missed it we'd have to go back to the customer who would have to go back to the customs agent and say look actually tell the revenue that he's on a later ship you know it's it's just mind-boggling yeah
0: yeah. remind me again when south coast was uh, founded 19 1975. Yeah. Okay, so that's kind of, it's, it's the, it kind of leads me into the next question. So I, I kind of think about outsourced logistics services being a relatively new phenomenon. By new, I mean, you know, the last 40, 50 years or so. And uh, it's kind of a manifestation of this process of, globalization of business that started kind of in the in the 70s when the multinationals started looking all around the world as to where they were going to set up. And Ireland was one of the places uh, that they came to. And on the back of that, lots of logistics services companies um, emerged here. So from your perspective, what kind of uh, benefits and advantages do you think businesses like your customers as such they're achieving through outsourcing their logistics requirements whether it's that kind of you know bulk liquid transport or waste treatment with you or whether it's warehousing with somebody else or whether it's just container traffic to on the land bridge to europe what what why are companies why are they doing that what benefits are they getting from it
1: well, I suppose they get many benefits, uh, Patrick, in, in, in one sense, uh, and I'll go through those in a second. But maybe the, if I take one example, our very, very first uh, customer within the chemical industry was Microbio, and they produce uh, caustic soda, hydrochloric acid, sodium hypochlorite, uh, those three products in, uh, in the main, along with, with a few more. But that's their core business. Uh, and then the logistics of it because some of it has to be carried in a rubber line rubber lined tankers. Some of it has to be carried in stainless steel tankers. Then there's the maintenance of those, the annual testing of those, uh, be it just to go on the road, but then the health and safety regularly uh, testing that's in addition to that, uh, the ADR testing to say it's uh, specifically built, and this has to be done annually, specifically built to uh, carry chemicals. Um, so... It gave them, I suppose, the ability to focus on what they're good at: manufacturing it, uh, selling it, and and then we uh, getting it to the actual end user. Um, so that's one advantage. Concentrate on what what I suppose you're you're you yeah, core, with, core yeah, competence, your core yeah. business, exactly. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I suppose you other advantages you you change you know uh, direct costs to variable costs by. Uh, Exploring um, uh, um, using the power of of a service provider in in, uh, Mm. harmonizing their costs across the board.
0: Yeah. So you mean you you don't, as as the manufacturers say, you don't have to have all of these distribution vehicles, you don't have to have warehouses, you don't have to have yards and all of that. So you're buying you're buying those things as a service.
1: Yes, and 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 when you buy it off a a firm like ourselves, you buy into a piece of that and never own it. Yeah, which is a good yeah. thing, you know, and um, you don't. And, and whether it's half empty, uh, your warehouse at the at the end of the week, it's not really their problem. <laughs> <Just, laughs> yes, yeah. your, that's your problem as commercial, yeah. right? <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then there's the expertise in it as well. Um, I suppose going back to our niche industry uh, in the petrochem, uh, be it the fuel, be it the delivery of prime products, be it the, the, the transportation then of the waste, hazardous waste products, all that has has an expertise in it, uh, which they would have to involve a complete new department. And then we can spread that.
0: uh, Yeah. I I often say to, to clients of mine, to consider that logistics service providers are some of the most networked companies that exist because they, um, they tra- traverse, they straddle geographies, they straddle sectors and they absorb all of this expertise and best practice. And then within, obviously, the, uh, the confidentiality that they have to m- maintain for their clients. But yeah. they're able to kind of transfer skills and knowledge and best practices. And I think that's, that's something that lots of um, potential users of supply chain services miss. They don't quite, they don't quite get that sometimes.
1: Yeah, very much so because I, I suppose going back to my last earlier statement, they're stuck in in the in the, um, in the wood, um, yeah. you know, uh, it's their own little wood where we have to step outside and look look at at what's driving the business and what our customer needs, as opposed to they just rely. And I'm I'm saying what all our customers needs, as opposed to that guy just looking at his own need, yeah, yeah, uh, and never expanding beyond it. Yeah. So you, you,
0: you, you, in, in the course of your work, you would be talking to guys every day in very different sectors. So you almost have to put yourself into their world, don't you, in order to be able to fulfil their needs?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose uh, that uh, to our advantage or to my advantage, uh, we we grew up very much hands on, as I said, uh, and so. Uh, Technologically, uh, I'm okay. Uh, You know, if if a guy had had difficulties within his plant and everything like that, and he was trying to, uh, how do I say, um, explain himself, then I can Mm. I can I'm able to listen and and, uh, evaluate it and probably bring the best solution that he could uh, get out of that conversation. You know, so it's it's a good trait to have.
0: Yeah. And what kind of um, major changes and innovations in logistic service provision do you think we should be looking out for in the future? Because the industry is in flux now and, and I guess COVID and Brexit is driving a lot of that. So what, what do you think we might see over the next year or two?
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, probably the homework will stay with us. Um, mm. uh, You know, if it, if it had... If it had been a short-lived experience, but now we're running into nearly our eleventh, we're completing our eleventh month and nearly nearly into a year's uh, mm. ambit of it. So, um, because of its drawn out and this longevity of of staying at home and working from home, a lot of people will consider it as a, a way of life and that and want that flexibility. I think government are look at legislation as we all saw uh, recently about that but it mm. probably is here to stay in some uh some ambit but i still miss actually getting into the office and dropping into a fellow's uh, Office for five minutes and having an absolute aspect yeah, yeah. conversation because you miss those little you do you do um, I
0: think seconds. I think when, when so say that when COVID isn't an issue anymore and homework will be there more so but I think it'll probably be combined right it'll be yes yeah yeah, yeah. 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 whether it's a half and half combined. or a three day two day or, or whatever it
1: is yeah or every second uh, week some bit of flexibility yeah, um, yeah. I think going forward in, in, within our industry uh, uh, we we've got a workforce that has. Uh, become uh, fantastically uh, technologically savvy uh, in regards to if I go back even only five years ago six years ago uh, now from where we were we have all um, uh, EX rated uh, tablets in our trucks so the driver now um, scans paperwork prints paperwork emails it mm. uh, receives it you know Um so and everything and it's getting getting better uh, all our defect reporting on or, or um checking of the truck every morning checking of the container because sometimes the containers are, are belonging to third parties so it's very much like your rental car mm. we have to check it and make sure mm. that when it comes to us it's in it's in good condition and when it leaves us it was in the, the same condition we had it um so uh, those uh, are certainly uh, i suppose things that will come uh, and of course the advent of of the vehicle and i suppose our engines and such like will uh, yeah. We move forward.
0: Yeah. And uh, what kind of plans and ambitions do you have for the for the future of the business yourself? At least the ones you can share with us. I know there might be you know secret strategies that you, have yeah. that you don't want to share. But <laughs> what, can, what can you share with goes,
1: us? <laughs> goes back to the old parochial way Ireland is. <laughs> uh, well, look, uh, you know our our I make no bones about it. Um, our new facility in Dublin will, will will be a game changer for us. Um, it will uh, improve our um, facilities in Dublin, the services we offer our customers up there, and and hopefully with that in, in, improve and expand our customer base, and um, and we hope to be a more integral uh, part of our customers going forward to provide them um, more services in
0: strengthening of the customer relationships. Yeah,
1: absolutely, it? absolutely. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Because once they look outside at, uh, us. Um, that can potentially be your, your first nail in your coffin. Um, yeah. So you, 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 whatever they need, um, they should uh, be able to uh, get it from us on a, a logistical and service um, point of view. So um, yeah, going forward, certainly Dublin, Ring of Skiddy is is a, is a new thing for us as well. It's been spoken about for, for the last 10, 12 years, but it, it is actually happening now. Uh, um, court court have done a huge and will that
0: be will that be for handling containers or what will that be for yeah handling containers
1: uh, uh, and uh, storage of them and so on uh because again we can take that dangerous aspect away from the port itself mm. uh, and, and, and help them to um to limit their liability in that respect
0: Okay. And then as we get into the last couple of minutes now, so what kind of things do you like to do outside of, of work, you know, in your spare time?
1: Oh, uh, (laughs) if I can find the time, Um, I I really miss rugby. I think I really miss international rugby, the Six Nations and the, um, uh, the international games I think
0: it's due to kick off on the 6th of February but I guess behind closed, yeah, closed.
1: Then, then I'm on my couch and like, yes. <laughs> I can't have anybody beside me like I, I don't know when will we ever see you know 50 something thousand people in a stadium again yeah. will we ever see it it's
0: hard, it's hard to imagine it now but you know yeah it's sad things and, things, things pass
1: yeah absolutely um, I, th- I think again like half the country um, uh, walking is, is has yeah taken over as a part of our, our, our daily and weekly routine. I don't get out there every day, but um, certainly, yes, um, a lot of days I do. And, and uh, we added, a, like everybody in Ireland nearly as well, a, a dog to our family back in March <laughs> of last year. So <laughs> it gives you uh, that reason to get out and do a
0: walk. Yeah. Have you read anything lately that inspired you that you'd like to share?
1: Uh I'm actually an avid fan of Audible, so Out Walking. Yeah. Um, Charlie, our dog, doesn't talk back to me, so I stick <laughs> in the earphones and uh, listen to Audible. Uh, Joy Ellis is a, a, an author there that uh, I've been listening to the, the last string of her books. Yeah. Um, uh, it's really, I suppose, crime and everything like that, but it, it, they're quite interesting.
0: Yeah. Excellent, excellent. So, where can people find out more about South Coast and the services that you offer? Um, you know, website, social media, so on.
1: Yeah, we've we've uh, it's again since lockdown, uh, it gives you a little bit time to uh, to look uh, at at what else we can do. Uh, of course, our website is www.southcoast.ie. Uh, southcoast we also have I... a very big presence on LinkedIn. Uh, okay, and, and, and that working quite well um it's uh, it's a good platform um we have uh just started on twitter uh and so on but for example i, I think on linkedin you now our last update was uh, we actually trialed um started trying a new cng truck so uh, therein lies where logistics is going and, and our responsibility i suppose our corporate social responsibility in regards to the environment and and where the company can. Uh, identify itself as, as being a, um, a facilitator and a protector of, of where we are as a society going forward. But um, look, I think all publicity is, is good. Mm-hmm. I uh, did no doubt about that.
0: Okay. Well, Richie, it's been uh, an absolute pleasure talking to you today, as as always, and uh, wish you the very best, both professionally and personally. And uh, many, you. many, many thanks for being here with us today.
1: No, no. Thank you for, for um, giving me the opportunity to be amongst uh, <laughs> such a good clientele. Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thanks also to all of our listeners. And remember that if you would like to know more about how I can help you to formulate and implement international business strategies that deliver check out my blog on albalogistics.com or pick up my book, International Supply Chain Relationships on Amazon, Google Books or Apple Books. Thank you for listening and keep well until the next time.